Welcome to Smack Talk with your hosts, Marita and Lisa, bringing student midwives from across Canada together. We are on episode three. You're here with Lisa and Marita. Hi. Hi. Um, yeah, so first year, or first year, first week is done. Mm-hmm. We're getting back into the swing of things. And, uh, and uh, you, you, like a lot of people are getting ready for cam. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually... This is going to be my second time going to CAM. You're so lucky. I'm so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, I'm super looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. It's going to be Victoria this year. Um, And I've never been to Victoria, so... Really? No. I know. Oh, it's so beautiful. And October is great because it's like they get perpetual fall. I'm so excited. I've only actually been up to November, so maybe that's a lie, but I feel like they get perpetual fall. Well, it's in the end of October, so... Yeah. Yeah. Perpetual fall here at CAM. Although rain. Yeah. But rain with really pretty big leaves. I'm good with that. <laughs> but yeah, so it should be good. I'm excited. And um, yeah, I found a really cute little Airbnb to stay in and the flight wasn't too expensive. So mm-hmm. all around feeling good. Um, for any MRU students out there, um, good tip to know is about the Experiential Learning Fund. Um, you can apply for that and get some money towards conferences and such. Uh, I'm sure that other schools have similar things so maybe we'll look into that and post some links down below um but yeah i'm excited about it It should be really fun yeah we're gonna have um another smack booth i believe and uh smack get together for students to mingle do you guys have more cool swag uh not yet we should look into that i I don't know i want to get into doing cross stitch oh i feel like that would be like really helpful but also how many of those could you do? I don't know. I feel like it's a little time consuming. I've seen some rather like obscene feministy kind of ones. I have. I think you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't, but I have a really awesome, there was um, a booth that I found at a arts place near here um, that happens in the summer yeah. um, in Calgary. And uh, I have a trans ally one that I love. It's on my oh, wall. that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. I would love to get some more midwifery like feministy stuff though. Okay, maybe I'll start a new yeah. hobby. Start it. I have a lot of hobbies, but <laughs> I brought my, I actually brought my crochet to class, like thinking, oh, well, if it's just, a, if it's a lecture, I'm not super into, like if it's like, you know, one of my gen eds, mm-hmm. I was like, I'll just bring my crochet. Yeah. And then I never took it out of my bag because I don't want to be rude. Mm-hmm. And, and no one else seems to be paying attention. I'm like, maybe, maybe if I pay attention, the teacher will like be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> maybe if you know somebody is listening. Um, <laughs> but yeah. And also it, I couldn't fit my lunch in with everything else. So. <laughs> In I like to seem like I'm being really nice, but really it just wasn't practical. <laughs> <laughs> have to eat. Um, probably more people will crochet in midwifery class. Yeah, I like crochet. I've never, I, you should teach me. I'm, I did the typical midwifery student thing where I tried to learn to knit like twice. And I mean, I can sort of, mm-hmm. like I can knit a scarf. I can, you know, knit pearl type thing. But I tried to then figure out how to use three needles because I wanted to learn how to make baby hats. Because oh, I thought that would yeah. be really quaint and stuff if I could knit a baby hat while a baby was being born and gift it to the parents and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I'm not nearly coordinated enough for this. Oh. Three needles. Mm-mm. So you were using three needles. Um, have you tried knitting in the round? No. Like with the attached I thought about one? that too. See, yeah. I can't do the attached one, but I can do the, the multiple needles. I have a really good tutorial, actually, from craftsy.com mm. um, that uh, it, was, it was actually for making stuffed animals. And I, I made like um like a stuffed giraffe for Cute. A, when you know when I had oodles of time like 
10 years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, not recently. And um, it was really helpful because like I didn't even know how to knit before. And I'm like, I don't know how to knit, but I'm just going to learn how to knit and make this stuffed animal. And it was actually really easy. Oh, cool. So, I got those, yeah. um, one of those Stitch and Bitch books. And then you probably well, heard I've of got those. one, yeah. Yeah, I got that one. And, and it did teach me how to knit. And it felt very like, you know, badass and stuff. And so I enjoyed that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think craftiness is just not my thing. Yeah, that's legit. That's okay. Yeah. But, I like, I do want to find something that can be sort of my, my shtick that I do mm-hmm. for people after births. I don't know. But I guess you don't have to. I mean... You don't. And I can be just a midwife. That's okay, too. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, back in my, like, early doula days, I used to make, like, these little, like, I don't know, lap-sized little quilts for the babies. And then... That's so sweet. And then I would, like, print off... Um, I'd use my printer to print off, like, their name and their birth weight. Aww. And then I would sew them in. They're really beautiful. But it took me, like, so many hours and... Oh, I can't even imagine. And, I mean, that was back when I was doing, like two births a month and then I, st- oh I went up to like four and sometimes we had like six between the, the two of us my, my partner and I and yeah it, and basically they just ended up like piling up and I was stressed out and That's I was attending births and then we were like we were just and you're trying to like, be a parent and, <laughs> and trying to like run a business which you know I was yeah. really not not very um well equipped to do that <laughs> at that point slightly better now um but yeah like it was it was really great and and the clients loved it well, yeah, and I believe it. I, I actually broke my sewing machine that way, like just making so many. Um, don't buy a singer if it's ninety nine dollars because it is going to cost you exactly that to fix it, and there's just no point. And it, I just felt really bad throwing it away because I felt really bad. I tried to fix it myself with YouTube videos. It did not go well. Oh. I swore a lot, and then there was just stuff everywhere, and I couldn't figure out where any of the screws went. So. And this is why I will not be crafty. Yeah, and I'm a really crafty person, so I was, like, really upset that I couldn't do this. You are incredibly crafty. <laughs> oh, man. So, but... where did this tangent come from? Oh, yes, Cam. Yes, Cam. <laughs> we were talking about Cam. Um. Yeah, so I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Everyone's excited, Ooh. except for me, because I don't get to go. <laughs> I'm so sad you're not coming. I know. Next year. You can come to the um ICM next year, maybe, in it, Toronto. Are the dates posted for that? I think so. I think it's in June. Oh, okay. Yeah. So semester will be done. I think it's in June. I'm going to look it up. Cool. So it's ICM, because I know ICM is the International, is it Confederation, Confederation? of Midwives? I thought it sounded Star Wars-y. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. I'm like, okay, it's going to only be a few things. <laughs> what could it be? Yeah. So, um, Confed. Duration. <laughs> <laughs> Marita is looking it up on her phone for accurate dating. Yes. Because uh, we did this on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so ICM, um, is it similar to CAM? Like, have you? Yeah, but I think it's like a, it's, it's much larger because it's the international, it's sort of like an international conference. So midwives from all over the world come and it's a much bigger deal. So are they just like discussing like broader human rights? I think or so. Like maternal mortality, infant mortality. Is it is or or are they just kind of you know? Is there a theme to be this honest, year? I don't know. We looked it up. That was supposed to be transitionary music. Anyway, we looked it up. <laughs> Marita's booting up. <laughs> no, like you know, a, a song that you were like. 
and time is fast. Anyway. Uh, like a dream sequence, like in yeah. soap operas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I can't see anyway, it. ICM. Um, we looked it up. It's going to be from June 18th to 22nd. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, in Toronto. And um, there's not very much information yet on the website about it. But anyway, yeah, it's going to be like international midwives talking about international midwife things. It, we saw the word celebration a few times. And there's lots of tea. <laughs> there's lots of tea and coffee. I'm sure there's also great, great sessions and learning opportunities. And they just haven't gotten their lineup, so we can't like... Yeah, we can't, can't really get tell you who's going to be there, but... I'm yeah. sure it'll be great. But Cam looks good. Cam looks good. I really wish I could go this year. Yeah. I keep telling myself, I'm just waiting to have more context. I'm like, maybe in second year. Maybe in second year after I do a placement and then I'll, I'll like feel more called to, you know, yeah. go to some of these things or. Yeah. No, I would totally recommend trying to go in your second year because, you know, before you're in placement, it's kind of mm-hmm. feels a little easier to go maybe. Like, I mean, I only went the two years really that I was on mm-hmm. placement, but, and that's been fine. Anyway, yeah. Looking forward to seeing any of you who are there. Come say hi, if you happen to hear our podcast and see me at camp. <laughs> um, <laughs> Seek Marita out. She's super fun. Yay! Anyway, what else are we gonna talk about today? Well, I think we touched a little bit on self care from mm. our last podcast. So we we're talking about yeah. like the importance of building resiliency mm-hmm. and just the struggle and actually like figuring out what that is beyond like just like lip service or buzzwords or whatever. Yeah. Um, I read an interesting yeah. article this week actually, and I don't know, maybe some of you might have read it. It was going around the Facebooks, um, but it was an article about self care, and it I don't know. It was titled something like "Things I Wish Someone Had Told Me About." what self-care looks like or something anyway and it was kind of yeah I liked it because it was sort of talking about when things are really hard especially for the author who had um dealt with depression and anxiety and talking about the different ways that self-care can look for different people and that sometimes when people talk about self-care and they say go take a bath or go you know do a yoga class or whatever that that can feel really daunting or or also not enjoyable if you're Really, it's just more work. Yeah. It's or, like, oh, I have to fit this into my schedule Totally. Now. Or, you know, that it might not actually be very restorative if, you know, you're not really enjoying things in your life at that moment. So um, the, the author kind of talked about contextualizing self-care as things that you have to do to keep yourself healthy as well. So, like, you know, if you make time to go to the doctor, make time to go to the dentist, make time to... Prepare a meal. Yeah, That exactly. doesn't involve... Plastic utensils and maybe several different takeout mm-hmm. places. Yeah. and Although takeout can be a form of self-care as totally. well. Sometimes you just need you just need that little bit of something or other that maybe mm-hmm. you don't have to cook for yourself. So that's mm-hmm. self-care too. Yeah. So I, I kind of liked that idea of reframing it to, you know, not just be like super hippie granola things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also realistic things that we all do and sometimes don't pat ourselves on the back for doing, even though it's hard to do. Sometimes. Even like, I drink my coffee sitting down. Yeah, right? And maybe I didn't scroll through all my Facebook and or stress myself out. Or maybe I did because <laughs> it was time and I I got to do that for myself. Yeah. Sometimes I pride myself, and this is maybe too much information, but whatever. We're all midwifery students. Sometimes I pride myself on the times that I actually am just present with myself when I go to the bathroom <laughs> instead mm-hmm. of using that time to like check Facebook or text people. And multitask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, checking my email, checking my schedule. Or, totally. Oh my gosh. I know. 
There's nothing sacred. <laughs> it's such a good time to get stuff done. <laughs> I know, and you're just sitting there. But sometimes I feel real proud of myself when I'm like, I just was present in this moment of having a bowel movement. <laughs> It's like we should get stickers for adulting. I know. Like, I was brave today. I <laughs> spoke up in class. Or, I was brave. I got a path. Right? Or, I oh, adulted today. I didn't amazing. cry. <laughs> or, I did cry. That'd be incredible. I'm going to... I've seen many on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I love Etsy. I like... I just like... You should get some of those. That's, that's one of my... <laughs> that's one of my bathroom habits. It's like, <laughs> what's on Etsy? Can I get more earrings on Etsy? <laughs> Can I find more pins on Etsy? Oh, pins. Pins are hot right now. Have you seen my pins on my no. bag? They're the, um, they're like stations of birth. Oh. And like different presentations. Yeah, you're so cool. Just like breech ones too. Oh my goodness. I know. And, and, and like funny little things like midwives help people out. Yeah, that's cute. Or like dress birth or there was Aww. one that was like midwives deliver but I'm a stickler for language and I didn't like that so I was like, I tried to like sharpie it into like I don't remember what I tried to shop. A catch, maybe? Or How women? How you change delivery to catch? <laughs> I, like, scratched it out, but then my Sharpie pen actually didn't do very well. So that one just went away. <laughs> that was one of my less crafty moments. But I was like, I feel... I mean, like, it's totally fine. You use whatever language you want. But, like, for me, I was like, mm It's not my language, so... You know, sometimes I find myself using... I say deliver to a baby. And, like, I guess... I don't know. I... I don't find it as problematic as some people, and I totally understand oh, why yeah. some people do. But and, well, I mean, like I don't, I don't feel know. deeply offended if other people want to use it in their vernacular. Like I just, it's totally I just, their choice. I don't know why, because like when I first started, I was like, "Oh, that's so lovely!" Like you know, catch instead of deliver and da da da. But like I don't get up as up in arms about it as some people do. But I totally got hardcore judged by like another midwifery student the other day when I said delivered, and someone corrected me, and they were like, "Caught." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually mean to say delivered in the context of no, but you know, it, I mean a bunch that's of, that's but, the medical language though, and you hear that so and, often. And I was so you know it was like it's culturally ingrained too. Totally, and like I spent so much time in you know hospitals and stuff in my third year, so I think it was just also that being around in that system so much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's funny the way that we kind of get policed. Yeah, within each other, mm-hmm. by each other. Yeah, I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Totally. Like, giving people the side eye with, you know, women instead of clients. Like, <laughs> I saw, I saw you give me the side eye when I said, I, when I said my mommies the other day. <laughs> but I was like, no, I literally meant the mommies that identify as mommies. Totally. No, no, no. Totally. <laughs> it was within context. <laughs> I know. It's, it's hard to get out of those, like, weird little things that you... I know, but they matter. You get up on your high horse about. I know. They and they do, do matter. They do matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's tricky. I think it just goes back to, like, not only, like... You know, we, we use that whole... I mean, I feel like it's almost becoming a buzzword when you say you're in a hold space for people because there's, like, a bajillion articles mm-hmm. that people are writing about but holding so space. But so does self-care, too, right? Like, exactly. But it, it, it's still relevant. Mm-hmm. But, like, we'll hold, we will hold space for women to kind of go through their process and, and we don't judge them for wherever they are in that process. Um, but sometimes we don't... I find just, you know, being on the more outside looking in that there's a lot of, like ideas about what midwifery should be and what it shouldn't be and mm-hmm. how we're supposed to act or not act and what we can provide and whether or not that that's legitimate within mm-hmm. like a philosophy and it's just like why can't we just hold space for each other to, to just practice and have the clients just pick who who they're going to resonate with or feel really comfortable with because mm-hmm. there's always going to be people who are like you know 
more medically minded and that's where they're yeah. comfortable and those clients will show up. Totally. And the same for every I love the bit idea of the spectrum. Of a midway for every yes and person. Interviews. Wouldn't that be nice if we could ever get to a point where it would be like, let's hold some interviews. Yeah, although then I don't know. Then I also have like sort of an ethical quandary about that too because then there's sort it sort of tastes a little to me of that sort of privatized model of mm, interviewing like elitist, and, like, yeah, yeah and you know being able to self-select you know like oh, okay who's appropriate for my gopher care and you know like I mean this is the thing that we deal with a lot in mm-hmm. Alberta but the idea of you know like oh well not that long ago our clients were so much more committed to the midwifery model and they were you know whatever and I totally understand where those midwives are coming from mm-hmm. but at the same time what you know being able to be committed to the midwifery model has a lot of privilege attached to it. Oh, absolutely. You know? So I feel like... Why can't know, the midwifery model... I, I always get stuck up on like the disconnect between like... Like really if... I mean the midwifery model idea came in direct opposition to an authoritative paternalistic mm-hmm. model, mm-hmm. which, you know, is technically the medical model. But it's like why is there still a divide? Why can't we just call it respectful care mm-hmm. and actually just have it be respectful? Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes when people talk about that, they're talking about people who want a home birth or people who want lower interventionist care, like at, at any cost kind of thing, you know, right? Yeah. But I don't really feel like for me, and I mean for me, and maybe for other people it is, but for me that's not what midwifery care means, right? Like no. I feel like midwifery care is, and we talked about this as well, but informed choice which mm-hmm. is an idealistic concept in itself a lot of times. Um, but, you know, choice of birthplace. So how can we how can we get up on our high horse about people committed to midwifery care and because they want a home birth when one of the main tenets of our care is choice of birthplace? Like, yeah, for sure. I don't know. I'm thinking so. more like personality, like not self-selecting like the, mm, oh, totally. the ideal birth you're hoping to have mm-hmm. with this client because I really feel like you're just setting up a whole world mm-hmm. of hurt for you and your client if, if that's, that's kind a whole of other bubble wax. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. I have attended many a birth story listening course about that. Um, but but more like sitting across the table from somebody, not just like reading what they look like on paper mm-hmm. or what they've maybe put into their intake form and saying, okay, yeah, this person sounds like they would be good to work with. Yeah. But like sitting across and being like, okay, this is how I practice. Is this comfortable for you? Mm-hmm. Seeing if you jam. Seeing as, if you jam because yeah. like, I don't know, but I, I found that really great, um, you know, in doula practice, just to be able to have a client look at me and, and interview a few people mm-hmm. and say, you know what, I think you're really great, but there's somebody else that I totally got on, like, just perfectly yeah. with. And and not take it personally. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe I wanted, I really wanted to fill that spot, but yeah. I don't want somebody who, because I'm just going to be a detriment to their birth if they're mm-hmm. not comfortable with me, like, and I don't want to ever worry that. Yeah. There was some something holding them back from being able to let go and, and give birth in the way they needed mm-hmm. to. Or... And I respect midwives so much. Like, the, some of the midwives that I've worked with that have been so wonderful in that way about understanding mm-hmm. so how important it is for clients to have the people that they need at their birth and not take that... I mean, it's hard to not take that personally, but... Oh, yeah. I think we all want to think that we're, like, we're the right mm-hmm. midwife or the right, you know, birth worker or of whatever course. for every person because we're... You know, we know that we're awesome, but mm-hmm. well, we're just I, not. We're not. I mean, it's that whole thing about having a certain amount of savior complex slash wanting to yes, save, oh. wanting to help people <laughs> and wanting to right like that's. I feel like that's so rampant in people who are 
do this kind of work. And I yes. mean, not, not necessarily in a insidious kind of way, but in a, you know, we, we just like to help people. In we a like well-meant, but sometimes inappropriately mm-hmm. executed way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we want to help everybody be heard, but I mean... Yeah, there needs to be a get... disconnect where it's not about us and it's yeah. about the client. And, and once you get to the point of thinking that you're the, you know, the, you're the only one who can fill that spot, right? Like, yeah, because that gets passed off to the client, and then mm-hmm. they start to think if you're not there, everything's going to yeah. go sideways. When it's not, it's and it totally them... can go sideways just because of that psychological connection. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah. I mean, like, really, how good of a job are we doing at it? I mean, and even the idea. I was just about to say at empowering people. Ah, yes, but. <laughs> It's all my favorite topic. I know. <laughs> but what does that even mean, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like that was a, for me, a, it's, this has been a big learning shift because I totally came into midwifery loving the idea of empowering people, mm-hmm. right? And I mean... And what does that mean? Ugh, I know, right? Yeah. Ugh. I still like the idea of helping people achieve agency. Mm-hmm. But that's more of a facilitary that's a, role. That's, yeah. And that's, and they feel like there's a subtle difference there that I didn't really understand. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think it goes back to like the language, like, you know, we rail against the idea that we allow women mm-hmm. to do things like they're not their own agent, yeah. that they can't make good decisions unless we've approved them mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's always rankled me. Um, and I mean, like, I mean, birthing people, I mean, I've said that in like my first birth, I, you know, I was really afraid of what the rules and what I was allowed to do. And it never even occurred to me that well, I have autonomy. Lots of people are. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, like to, to say that you're going to empower somebody, like we know what it means. We know that we mean like to hold space so that they can do what they need to do. But, but at the same time, it just feels like another allow, like we're Mm -hmm. going to give you this empowerment and now it's yours Mm -hmm. and okay, now walk away with it. it. The right thing might be, (laughs) you know, actually not what that, that birthing person wants, but it's what they think that we want. And because there's that relationship there, it gets really convoluted and they are trying to please us, but we're Mm -hmm. like, no, drive your own bus. Mm -hmm. And it's very unclear. Yeah. And socially, you know, people are just like, no, 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 your care provider is going to tell you what to do. So it's like, it's, I feel like there's a lot of mixed messages, but, um, it was actually put really well to me at at the last workshop I attended with Gina Kirby Mm -hmm. and, uh, and language warning, Um, but she said, she says, we don't empower anybody. She says, I am not a Norse God handing out hammers. (laughs) And I just kind of like put up my arms and I'm like, oh my, okay, that's like the most concise way anyone has ever explained that. And I've been feeling that in my heart for many years. Um, God. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, I am, I am not Odin. Like saying, here's your hammer. Now you're empowered. So it was really, I really love her for that. She's very plain and Mm -hmm. just really good with her language. Um. That's good. Even if it's colorful. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was, it was like kind of put pain to something that is not um, easy to talk about because I think everybody does want to think that they empower someone else mm-hmm. when really they're facilitating that empowerment, yeah. which is no less, you know, unimportant. Which is a good it's wonderful. Thing, yeah. Yeah. It's really curious. How do we get onto this topic? I don't know. We, we segue, but it's really interesting, right, guys? You we... email us if you f- if you want to like add any comments. Like anyone's gonna email us and be like, guys, get your stuff together, <laughs> get more on track. We are charming. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, honestly, for reals, where did we where did this come from? What were we talking I think, about? I think we were starting to talk about self care. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Let's 
Welcome to the busy mind of the student. Mm. Let's talk about um, some concrete ways that we have been doing self-care. I kind of have a issue with the concept of self-care just because of how often it's talked about and how much it's bandied about and I I don't know um so I will say that for me this these past few months the things I have been doing um I have been trying to drink enough water I have been going to bar classes I don't know if you know what those are but what are bar classes they're kind of like a mix between, I think they're sort of supposed to be modeled on ballet, like doing stuff at the bar, but oh, they're not okay. really. Like it's kind of, it's sort of a mix of um, Pilates and yoga and strength stuff. Like you do like bar stuff with your like plies and things and holding positions and whatever leg things, and but also weights with your arms. And I actually quite like it. It's really nice. Um, and um, what else? That's probably about it. Yeah? That's what I've been fitting in. Well, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially for a busy fourth year. Good for you. Thanks. That's yeah. awesome. And I saw you with like a very nice smoothie the other day. Mm, yes. In oh, a mason jar. So sustainable. Oh, We're just so, thinking about the environment. I'm so granola, guys. <laughs> I know. I I'm have like mason jar lids. I can totally now. send you home with one. Oh, Because I have like lots of them. I need... Oh, yes. I lost the little lid thing. The flat part that goes inside the screwy part. Yeah. So oh. annoying. I know. I need to get some better ones so I can be an even better hippie than I already am. If you want to be an even better, better hippie, you can come <laughs> take some climbing, canning classes with me. I will show you how to pressure can stuff. And then when you're tired and you come home from a birth and you're like, I have no food, you'll be like, oh wait, I can soup. That's amazing. This is great. And it's super awesome soup. Lisa has like a whole larder. It's like a... I do. It's like a... What did they call, used to call those back in the day? A, I don't know. Um... There's a book about it. Why do I know? Uh, it's kind of like a cold room, but like super old fashioned. Yeah. It's like a... Uh, I don't know. It's like, it's like an underground pantry. Good cellar. Oh, root cellar. The root cellar. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know why that some a book from my childhood came back to me. It's called The Root Cellar. What is it even about? I don't even know. There's a, some old YA book. Probably about food in a pit. <laughs> <laughs> why would there be a book about this? I don't know. Anyway... All right, so like, I guess across the same kind of lines, not root sellers, but self care. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, before I, well, like in between, like stopping dual work and waiting for school to start, I was actually getting a really good routine, like you said. And then school starts and then mm-hmm. kind of messes up all your stuff. But I was going for. And this is like super hippie indulgent, but I was going for floats at One Love Float, which mm. we will post in the show notes because Trika Drake, who runs it, is like fantastic. She's also a birth worker and just really uh, amazing. I've been person. there once. Yeah, yeah. She holds. Um, she does like a free float for midwives during May, May. for the yep. midwifery. What's yeah, it's like the midwives month, but we're day of the midwife. International day of the midwife, which is like May fifth. Yeah. Um, and so she does it for all the month of May. So I went to one once. It was, it was lovely. It was really um, nice. I definitely don't, I couldn't, I can't afford it on the regular. No. But, um, but She's yeah. got lots of promotions. Like in your birthday month, you only pay like how old you are. Oh. So I, until you get past 50, it's actually pretty good. That's nice. <laughs> it's, uh, very I wish helpful. I'd done that last month. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then you, there's a float 
Floativersary as well that she does. So, like, whenever the first time um, you went was the next mm. year, um, she sends you a little card in the mail and oh, you yeah. get a discount off. And I don't, I don't remember if it's for the entire month of that where you can get Yeah, I think it is because I think I got one. Yeah. Yeah, so I've gone a bunch of times. Um, but yeah, in case any of you don't know what this is, what do you want to explain it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So floating is, um, you basically lie in a very small amount of water, but it's salt water and it's, it's, and it's so concentrated yeah. that you actually float uh, and you're, you're either in an open tank. So if people are afraid of, um, if you're claustrophobic at all, there's basically the open tank is like a bathtub mm-hmm. and, and in a room, in a room, completely dark, totally dark, totally dark, totally quiet. And you basically and you, you put like earplugs. earplugs yeah. yeah, you put your plugs in and you. It's basically like basically a sensory depri- deprivation tank, yeah. like technically, but fancier. <laughs> yeah, and, and it smells really nice. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, you just you lie there for an hour, an hour and a half, and um, it's really nice. It's really mm-hmm. really relaxing. Your brain does all that monkey mind stuff where it's like listing through all the stuff that you need to do, and you're mm-hmm. like. Ah. And then all of a sudden you kind of like drop down in your brain waves. Yeah. Like the science of it is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And you, everything slows down. Like your breathing slows mm-hmm. down. Your heart rate slows down. You slow down. And sometimes you can get like some really interesting visions depending mm-hmm. on, I find that's more like your first float. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have any interesting visions, but I did find, um, but I also don't know if that's maybe because I'm kind of skeptical, you know, I don't know. Could be also just who I am, but I did find that it was a really just physically a really neat sensation Mm -hmm. because your whole very buzzy yeah it's so cool because you're because you're the water is basically sort of body temperature so the idea is that you're floating but that you technically shouldn't be able to feel any part of your body and it kind of works Mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty neat and it relieves a lot of pain Mm -hmm. like so if you've especially like um if you've got like pelvic pain Mm -hmm. like dysmenorrhea or anything going on or just chronic pelvic pain um, I went in one day that I was having a lot of problems with that and I, I think I was in there for like not even 10 minutes and I felt everything just release and I almost cried cause it was like, Oh my gosh, this is so much better. Mm. And it was so nice to not have to deal with that that day. And it actually, I think that was like right before MMI that that happened. So I was mm. like, I love you. And I had no pain during my MMI either oh, because I had done this float. So I like doing that when I can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I should I, do that again. Talking about it makes me want to splurge right? for it again. Like, yeah, let's just we should just do a float. I bet that, and they're popping up everywhere. I've seen them in so many different cities. Yeah. I think it's becoming a big thing now. I know my dad was going on about wanting to open one. He's like, we should oh, move to cool. Nelson. Like him, <laughs> him, him, not me. Like Felisa, let's move to Nelson. I'm like, oh, I want to live with my family, but <laughs> oh, man. he likes quiet. Um, yeah, he was talking about like we should move to Nelson and and uh, open up a float tank. And my mom's like. Eh, I don't really know. I don't know. And but in BC, it'd probably do really well. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I guess they used to have one, but anyway, they, they petered out and the lady moved elsewhere, I guess. But, um, so that, uh, massages, my friend mm-hmm. Jamie Walsh has, she is, I think, one of the best masseuses, um, in the city. Nice. She fixes my incredibly broken back all the time. Really, really good. And she has really flexible hours, so it's super good for birth workers. Oh, that's good. She's also a birth worker, so she's great nice. conversation. You don't have to explain what you do, and you can totally not talk about what I you do. I kind of hate having to explain, because, you know, people try to make conversation whenever I go for a massage or anything, and they ask me, like, oh, so what do you do? And then as soon as you say, like, I sort of think about not 
telling them, but then it's like, oh, I'm not going to lie. I know. So whenever like, I say it. I'm not ashamed of it. I know. I just want to talk about it. I know. And then whenever the I bring time. it up, they're like, oh, that's so interesting. And then you have to explain, like, so what do they do? And how are they paid? And what are they, like, or, or what's oh. worse is when they start telling you their birth stories or their friends' birth stories. I mean, or do lovely. you do home births? And it's like, like I, I don't want to have a political conversation with I you. Know. And I mean, the thing is, is I do really love the fact that being a student midwife makes me approachable for that kind of like intimate conversation i do appreciate that but also Mm -hmm. like i'm going for my massage i just want to lay here in silence like Mm -hmm. yeah i suppose i should just be more like assertive and tell people that but it's hard yeah it's i don't know i feel like we're assertive enough in other most parts of our lives so sometimes it's just on the table yeah it's nice to just be vulnerable but not have to talk about it so yeah, Jamie's really great for that. So I'll post up her stuff in the links as well. She's fantastic. Um, but yeah, so. Oh, and baths. You were telling me oh. about your. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do like baths. Um, I don't take very many. I really like them, but, um, I had a really difficult day on Tuesday and I decided that I was just going to come home and I told my husband, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go upstairs and have a bath. I'm really sore. And I had a really difficult day and I just want to cry. And he just kind of looked at me and went, okay, well, I'll just make supper and, like, watch the kids. And I was like, thank you. And I went up and I, like, literally, I have, like, this crown that some girl, like, some of my women folk uh, made for me in my, like, women's circle. And, um... It's very pretty. It's super pretty. And it's, like, very oceanic. And I basically was like, I'm going to put on my crown and I'm going to get in my tub and I'm going to take a picture to, it's a very to not be picture. like, look, I'm wearing a crown in a tub, but to be like, look, I am actually taking care of myself so that when I'm getting down on myself and saying mm-hmm. I don't do it, I can look back. Because I actually do scroll through my own Facebook feed. I'm weird like that. Oh, we all do. <laughs> okay, everybody does that. <laughs> um, and, and just be like, nope, see, you did something for yourself. You mm-hmm. were not a martyr today. Yes. So yeah, there's a picture of me on my Instagram with Women with Coffee, um, where I'm wearing a crown and I'm technically naked in that photo. Sorry, Dad. Um, it's tasteful nudity. It's very artistic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's it's, a filter. <laughs> you're hella cute. It's fine. <laughs> but I'm just like, see, more in a crown. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we're just learning and getting there and eventually. Oh, and you were telling me about a good. Was it a podcast right. or an article of? Yes. Um, so if you're if you're not sure what to do with self care or you're just kind of feeling like there's stuff going on and you don't have time to attend to it, but you want to have better health or or you want to like talk to your clients about better health or whatever, um, Aviva Ram, um, who uh, teaches the herbal course that I take, that is absolutely top notch, fantastic. Everybody I should take, take it. It's it's so comprehensive and mm-hmm. science based. Like it's great. I love it. Um, she has a free podcast um, on iTunes, and it's just called uh, Natural MD Radio, because mm. she is now, like, she wears so many hats. Like, she's been told... Isn't she, like, she's a midwife, and she, she's a naturopath? She's a, she was a midwife for, I think, 30 years in an inhospitable state. Um, I think she was in Georgia, actually, when she was practicing. Um, she, uh, it, like, and, and openly a midwife, like, and had great relations with the hospital, because, like, like that's just her personality. Like, mm. she's just so good at conflict resolution and building bridges um and then she was also a herbalist and actually very well renowned herbalist she um was uh, i think the president of the american herbal guild for i think 10 years hmm. and she was instrumental in writing like the herbal pharmacopoeias and uh like i have a whole textbook of monographs that she basically did all the reproductive stuff on 
and um and then she went back to Yale um, for medical school and just finished up her residencies and all of her like classes and everything that she was That's doing. That's so cool. Yeah, and she's actually she actually made a, a whole um, curriculum for Yale for integrating, well, for for having integrative medicine as part of like normal physician training. Wow, so it's, really? Yeah, oh yeah. She's just like this total fire starter. That's I love amazing. her. She's so amazing. Um, but anyway, so she's, she's now doing this like natural MD radio and she's got tons of topics from like adrenal fatigue to, um, like her most recent one was about immunity with school starting and, and, uh, and she talks about like kids and, and, and women and midwives and just anybody who's like working on call all the time. Um, and then she had, oh my gosh, I I love podcasts. I can probably talk about her for hours, (laughs) but she's, she's great. And I mean, if you just search Aviva Rom anywhere in podcast land, um, you'll get some real cool. good gems, like just really fantastic things. So yeah, she's, she's great. Um, why don't we talk about podcasts? Sure. Totally. Okay. I love podcasts. What is your favorite podcast? Um, so I have lots of favorite podcasts, but my favorite like birthy podcast is probably, uh, the longest, shortest time. I don't know if you've ever mm-hmm. heard it. I have. Yeah. I love it so much. Um, it is... I, the thing I like about it is that it's it's about parenting and mostly parenting, but there's some birth stuff as well. Um, it's kind of all intermingled. Um, but I like the fact that it talks about interesting and kind of deep topics, but not in just a really like floofy way, like not a sort mm-hmm. of surface way. Like it's really, she kind of delves deep into people's experiences and emotions and um, and she's really funny too in kind of like a sort of sarcastic kind of way. Like it feels very adult. Um, feels very parenty. Yeah, like it's very parenty, but and I mean the thing is, is that I'm not a parent. No, we're all sarcastic. Like, yeah, totally sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> you the, laugh because otherwise you will cry. Exactly. Um, and it, I mean I don't know. I, I think I like it because I'm not a parent, and it's it's interesting for me to learn topics that are sort of kind of parenty topics, without so that I can kind of relate to my clients a little bit more. Um, and I mean I think I'd like to be a parent someday. So. Um, it's also good learning just for the future. I think I think I'll think back on a lot of the podcasts I've I've listened to. Um, there's one really incredible one that comes to mind where she talks to a poet um, about her experience having a stillbirth and just so poignant and like it was just amazing learning, but um, and just beautifully told and like the story her just her story I think will stick with me forever. So. Yeah, I love that one. It's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorites. I listen to it all the time. All the time. I really love when podcasts are willing to broach subjects that just aren't talked about mm-hmm. and like really give like a lot of perspective to them and many different perspectives. Um, I had I listened to a really interesting one um, on indie birth actually. Um, oh yeah, you were telling me about that one. Yeah, yeah. She talked about because um she had actually lost um a baby I think around the four month mark. Um, but she, uh, allowed like her body to basically start labor for her and it actually mm-hmm. took quite a few months. Um, and so she kind of talked about, um, what that was like and just kind of gave a I lot of context. Yeah. And like all the, all the different emotions she had, she wrote a beautiful blog post too about like, you know, looking at all the options like pharmacologic, natural, what, you know, mm-hmm. whatever she could think of, or even like psychoemotional, like exploring things and just like letting things go and, it was it was really wonderful to to kind of like you know be with her during that process you know from afar 
and you know we were, you know a lot of us were communicating with her on Facebook as well as this was yeah. happening and kind of just sending love to her and stuff like that. So it was it was really it was really cool to kind of just see that culmination of of that village mentality and, mm-hmm. and just like support like and it really was like what she was comfortable with in that moment. So uh, I really liked that and it was something I didn't have with my miscarriage, um, and I actually didn't even deal with my miscarriage for like you know like almost ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like compartmentalized it. So um, I I felt like there was even a lot of healing for me, like just in like observing that with her and, and just walking, you know, beside her with that. Yeah. It was really awesome. Like podcasts can be so powerful. They can. It's true. So well, good. Because people, powerful. I mean, not that we're <laughs> claiming that this is what we are doing, but you know, I mean, there's something really powerful about that people sitting down and just talking about their stories. And you know, there's, there's like a certain amount of anonymity, I think that comes with, just talking to somebody that you kind of trust and forgetting that you're being recorded and spilling mm-hmm. all of that vulnerability out into the world. Um, so I don't know. I think that's kind of what we're all looking for, right? To connect with people. Yeah, and it can be really hard, and especially with stuff like that. Like, it's it's so hard to, you know, find that safe space mm-hmm. and to feel like, you know, you have all this stuff on your heart that weighs really heavy, but you're not sure who's ready to hear it yeah. or if they can handle it. and the last thing you kind of want when you have a heavy heart is to worry that something you, you have said is now going to trigger someone else or, mm-hmm. or that you're going to have to, you know, come out of where you need to be to almost caretake them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Really I think hard. that was, I mean, I, I, I sort of admire that about the podcast. I love that they're mm-hmm. able to do that so freely, but yeah, cause that was the problem I had when I briefly wrote a blog was just contending with that of like who's gonna read this and are my professors gonna read it and my previous you know what are they gonna think and what if we don't agree i know politics and the and there's like i mean i tend to choose really um you know i would say air quotes like controversial um podcasts to listen to because i really love just dissenting opinion on things Mm -hmm. and and indie birth is definitely that and uh in the wider midwifery community i mean she takes a lot of flack but she does it with such grace Mm -hmm. And I mean, she's never telling people what to do. She's just kind of opening up doors of like, why don't we consider this? Totally. Where did this practice come from? Why are we doing this? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. You Which know. really, I mean, is the root of kind of the new research, well, new quote unquote resurgence of midwifery. Like, you know, I mean, after sort of the historical kind of campaign to wipe out midwifery (laughs) discredit and wipe out which worked very well Mm -hmm. for the most part but you know i mean really that's kind of where this came from yeah right to just sort of re-question why do we do these things the way we're doing them yeah and i think it's really it's it's interesting to just kind of have that like anthropological study of like you know why we expect certain things as the birthing population and why you know why we're more comfortable with certain ways of attending births and not and you know, and also just unpacking the baggage of all the prejudice between like different practitioners mm-hmm. and moving into like a new paradigm where we are all just working together in service of that birthing person yeah. and, and not, not constricting or, you know, I don't know. It's a very political topic, but I really love indie birth for, you know, being cool. vulnerable. We'll have with to that. take a listen. What other uh, stuff do you listen to? Oh, Dr. Stew. Oh, so Lisa loves Dr. Stew. I, I, kind, of, I kind of have a crush. He's way too old for me. I have a huge <laughs> crush on him. I hear about him all the time, but I had never listened to him. So tell us about Dr. Stew. Dr. Stew. Oh, <laughs> oh Dr. Stew. Um, Dr. Stuart Fishbein is an OB in California. 
um, who practiced in, like he did all his residencies in hospital and practiced in hospital for a long time and got into some hot water with his hospital because he was actually providing backup for midwives in his community. Mm -hmm. And he slowly kind of got like pulled over to the dark side because they had cookies. Well, yes. Of course. Um, (laughs) And and anyways, he started to see how midwives were attending births and he started to kind of ask some questions about why he was taught the way he was and mm-hmm. and he wa- he was um, actually being prevented from attending VBACs in hospital when he had for a very long time and with a great track record been doing VBACs and breach in hospital mm. but it was very political and he was being told you're not allowed to do that anymore and you have to stop backing these midwives so he actually um, left opened up a birth center with the midwife colleagues that he was actually really? backing wow. and he's been doing home birth I think for five years now so solely home birth practice wow he does twins breaches um uh cephalic presentations like you know normal head down normal in quotations because i know that normal is very um broad depending on who you talk to and uh and yeah he's just he's just really great and wow i love listening to him talk about like the dynamics and the politics in hospital and and also talking about like the way that he attends um like some of these um like especially like twins where there's not necessarily a lot of really concrete good literature mm-hmm. but he just talks about like okay well the reason why this is done in the hospital the way it is is because of expediency or because of xyz other thing mm-hmm. and so it's it's really enlightening and he's he's just really funny mm-hmm. um the first like i think the first like 80 or so episodes he has a co-host uh uh brian whitman who is like this super old, I guess, semi-famous, you know, I, if he ever hears this, he might be sad, but I don't think he'll listen to our podcast. So, um, he's like this famous, like radio host from like, I don't know, late nineties. Um, he could do a really good Bill Clinton impression (laughs) and he always brought it up, but he was like, he was kind of like the layman that was going to ask all the questions, but I actually found him really inflammatory and I was really happy when, um, when he was replaced, um, by a wonderful, um, uh, student midwife who's also a lactation consultant and her name is sadly completely falling out of my head right now but she's just she's also amazing I've, I've watched her speak in many videos and um and yeah so he's just I, he just had his hundred episodes so there's lots of episodes mm-hmm. so if you get hooked there's like a lot of episodes you can Excellent. watch it's really awesome so yeah so that's Dr. Stu he's at birthinginstincts.com and we'll post like all of these podcasts in the show notes mm-hmm. as well um and then I guess there's Progressive Parenting with Gina Kirby, who I also really adore. I have like all these like I, I just I, I just <laughs> giggle behind the the quiet try quietly over here because Lisa has all of her little people that she talks about all the time that she's sort of either has crushes on or just admires greatly. <laughs> or or I've taken courses with Very and gotten cute. to be in their space and mm-hmm. kind of had like little like fangirl moments. Yep. <laughs> um, I've yeah, Doctor Sue's on my bucket list, so I have he is coming to like um i think vegas in october and i actually don't tell okay this is totally public but i would actually really really if i could go i would go to dr stew over cam mm. i know oh controversy he's that good <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody <laughs> don't tell anybody on this public podcast yes exactly <laughs> um but you know gina kirby um has been running progressive parenting for 10 years and uh, she, has, she has, like, a, a, a ton of podcasts and uh, just with, like, all sorts of different topics. So history of midwifery, like, different parenting issues. Oh, sorry. That just yeah, reminded what? me. Um, 
the podcast, another podcast that I love of love, um, Stuff Mom Never Told You. Uh, oh, okay. I haven't heard that. Oh, so good. It's like two kind of feminist um, nerds who just really love research and they look into different things. And they did a really fascinating one on sort of the history of, I don't know if it's actually technically history of midwifery, but it was sort of history of birth and like care providers and they also have a really great one on abortion as well mm-hmm. um but there was one where they kind of really delved into the history of midwifery and that whole that paradigm you know, shift yeah it was fascinating so that is another one to look at yes know me. your birth history mm-hmm. if, no matter what you're doing in birth if yeah. you're like an ob or a physician or a midwife or a doula or a childbirth absolutely. know your history absolutely okay so anyway back to cool. gina kirby gina kirby's fantastic Tons and tons of stuff. She also teaches um, Roboza courses. Mm. Well, she'll she'll be mad because I I pronounced it the very um, white way. Um, Roboza. It's actually like Roboso. Mm. I probably have still butchered that. Um, but uh, she, she's amazing. Like she'll she um, she gives um, an incredible history on um, like Mexican midwifery, Mexican culture, in terms of the Roboso, and. Um, and just like how incredibly important it is uh, as a like in cultural significance, and I was, I mean, I've had a reboso um, for a long time, and I've, I've, you know, you know, we, I know we talk a lot about cult- cultural appropriation in birth, um, so it was really wonderful to actually learn from her because that is her heritage, and mm-hmm. um, and she was able to really give quite a lot, like she wants it used, um, and that's interesting, but she did not want the significance to get lost and almost like whitewashed. Oh, absolutely. So it was yeah. fantastic um, to actually take a course mm, with her. She sounds fascinating. Yeah, she's really amazing. So that's progressive parenting, and um, uh, we'll post her up in the show notes as well. Cool. Cool, cool. We were going to talk about books, but we've run out of time. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do that on another podcast. We just talk too much. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was nice to get to chat with you all again, and join us next time. We'll talk about books and other things. Probably lots of tangents. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let us know if there's anything that you have to add to what we've talked about today or um, any topics that you'd like us to cover. Yeah. You can find us on www.smacaceps.com. Smacaceps.com. Um, you can also follow us on uh, in hashtag land uh, with smackaceps um, as a hashtag. Bye. Bye.